Here comes the Clifford Nikorski Show. Get your eyes and ears ready to go. Welcome to the Clifford Nikorski Show. We're gonna have a damn good time. Welcome to the Clifford Nikorski Show. Welcome to the hell of a time. Welcome to the Clifford Nikorski Show. We're gonna have one a hell of a time. So, this is another episode of the Clifford Nagorski Show, and I'm going to tell you guys a story. It's about the time I took my friend, he's in a wheelchair, I took him to the doctor. So I got a phone call and it was my friend let's call him Petey boy I said hey Petey boy and um, he said hey well let me do his voice hey how's it going I said it's going okay what are you doing today? Well, I, um, I'm just kind of hanging out, working on some stuff at home. Well, I wanted to see if you can drive my van to the doctor's for me. I need to go to the doctor and I need someone to drive my van. Help me get my wheelchair in. I said, you know what? No problem, Petey boy. Let's do this. Yeah, and I can give you I can give you some money too for your time. I go, okay. You know, I was pretty broke and at the time I was drinking. I would have done anything for for some beer money. Um, I was excited to help out, too. I go, hey, this is kind of like a good deed, isn't it? Plus, I walk away with some beer money. So I say, all right, Petey boy, I'll take you to the doctor. And I get there on time. And Petey boy has a children's play that he puts on and he's very serious about it and um, he had some of the the uh, set pieces and some of the costumes in the van and he wanted to get the stuff out of the van and put it in, in his house before we left so I said all right let me help you out with that. And he starts yelling at me. He's like, no, you're wrinkling the costume. That's, that's Mrs. Fantastic's dress. And I go, oh, okay, no problem. Petey Boy's a little pushy. Petey Boy, he doesn't have a lot of patience. 
you know, for the people who are able-bodied and then and then when they don't use their bodies right, he gets really irritated. So he goes, what are you doing? And then I go, he goes, can you get Mr. Bubbles hat? And I go to get this thing. It looks like it could be a hat for Mr. Bubbles. I don't know. I don't know all these characters. And I go and grab something that looks like it could be Mr. Bubbles hat. And he goes, no, that's, that's Dr. Fangoo's key of mystery. And I go, oh, I didn't know it was Dr. Fangoo's key of mystery. I thought it was Mr. Bubbles' magic hat. No! And so finally, we get everything out of the of the van. Now it's time to get in the van, and he goes to. He's telling me, trying to tell me how to lower the ramp so he can roll in, and I'm pushing all the wrong buttons. It's like an Astro van, and there's a million buttons. It looked like a, like a space shuttle, control station. I, I didn't know what to do. There was red lights, blue lights, green, li green lights, toggle switches, um, all sorts of buttons on this thing, and so. I, uh, I'm pushing some of the wrong buttons. He's getting angry. No, up, down, here we go, up. That's the wrong one. And so, so far, I've pretty much just been yelled at since I got there. And we finally get him into the van and he's sitting there and accidentally I'm like, trying to adjust something and I push his knees into the dashboard on accident and he's getting very irritated and upset with me and we finally get him all strapped in it's pretty up close and personal I get the seat belt I'm like um, hovering over him and I go you know I gotta tell you I gotta tell you at home, I don't, I'm not fully comfortable getting all up close and personal. It's a little uncomfortable for me. But I said, I said, this is just what you gotta do, you know? Pull it together. You've been through all sorts of crazy experiences in life. This, this shouldn't be a big deal. You know, people do this. Of course, they're paid very well for it and they're a certain type of person and they kind of signed up for all this. I thought it was gonna be something simple. Like I pull up, I, we lower the, the, the ramp, he rolls in, and we leave. Now I'm, I'm uh, fiddling around with Mr. Bubbles' magic hat and Dr. Fangoo's key of mystery and I'm getting yelled at the whole time. So we finally get off and rolling. We, we hit the street, okay? So we're, we're going and I hear him over there struggling and he's getting out his iPhone. And I go, hey, that guy's got a nicer phone than me. All right, okay, no problem. That's cool. Um, I get it. You got some perks. 
you know, more power to you. You deserve the world as far as I'm concerned. Um, so he's pulling up something on his phone and he's, he starts talking to me. He goes, I got this girl I've been, I've been seeing. I go, oh, nice, nice. And he um, shows me a picture and it's this little person who's got like dwarfism. You know, back in the old days, they would say, they'd drop words like midget to describe this person. And she's scantily clad, you know. First of all, I'm not fully comfortable with any friends just showing me pictures of girls they're seeing in their underwear and stuff like that. It just seems kind of weird. You know, how much am I supposed to like this? And isn't this kind of rude to the girl? Does she really want these? Were these pictures meant for me to see? It feels a little strange. So I'm looking at it. I go, oh, nice, nice. And um, then he asked me this question. He goes, would you fuck her? And I'm going, huh. And I, I felt obligated to say yes. So that's, that's, that's on me. Um, I said, yeah. Yeah, why not? And he goes, yeah, she's pretty, she's hot. She was like Russian, like a little Russian horny chick. She had her hair done all up, like a little Miss America kind of. She's all dolled up. Um, so anyways, we get um, a little further down the road and I'm kind of hitting the brakes and I'm realizing every time I'm hitting the brakes his little knees are hitting the dashboard. But it starts getting into my head, why did I agree that I would have sex with this person, with this little person, when I wouldn't? It's just not my style. There's lots of guys out there who are like, yeah, <laughs> I'd do her. And you know, that's fine. You could have probably shown me a lot of, a variety of different girls. I'd go, I wouldn't do her. I wouldn't be interested in being with her sexually. So I tell him, I say, hey, Petey boy, I, I wouldn't have sex with her. I felt like I should say yes to make you feel better. But the, the honest truth is, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have sex with her. And so he gets agitated. He's like, why not? You got a problem with, with little people? And I go, it's not that I have a problem with little people. It's, I don't think anything negative about it. I just don't think anything sexually about it. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a situation where I feel like something negative about somebody just because I wouldn't have sex with them. I could feel completely indifferent about somebody. 
I could think someone's a great, I could think very highly of somebody and not be interested in them sexually. So that doesn't come into it for me. So he was pretty irritated. And that was the first of the, well, I guess that was kind of the third bit of uncomfortability that I felt on this, on this journey. So we continue on down the road and um, we get to the doctor's office and I'm going, okay, well, we're in the waiting room now. Clearly I'm just going to sit here and, and I'll be looking at my phone and you can, uh, you know, they'll call you in and you'll go do your thing. And I'm going, this, uh, you know, this ain't, this ain't so bad. Well, it comes time for, they call his name, and um, he's like, Pity boy, come on in. Is, is he here? This is your uh, worker? He thought I was the guy that's like the nurse or the caretaker. And I'm looking at him like, no, I'm just, I say out loud, I go, I, no, I just gave him a ride here. And he's like, well, can you help? Come on, come on. And I'm going, all right, all right, I'll come help. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, because they said, he said that we need help putting him on to the examining bed. And so I go, okay, I can do that. No big deal. I mean, with my friends in general, it's kind of awkward, you know, to lift somebody, grab their legs, do stuff with them, you know, with their bodies. And I've never done this, you know, I never really handled, um, someone without the use of their legs before. So I don't know, things are kind of stiff, skinny. It's, it's just a new experience for me. And so I go, okay, let's get them onto the bed. And so we're going to lift and the whole thing's a mess. He's like, okay, on the count of three, go, go. And he's like, ah, ah, what are you doing? And so I'm getting yelled at again now by the Middle Eastern guy and by my friend and everyone's, what are you doing? Come on, pull, push, here we go. On three, okay, I'm gonna have to put my arms around you. And so I got his arms around my neck and I'm lifting and I'm going, I don't know, so I'm trying to like swing his legs up and no, no, stop, what are you doing? And the doctor's like, come, just put these legs first, put this, and he's like, chiming in from the sidelines. I'm going, you should be the main one doing this. You need to be getting involved. I should be last in line as far as who's physically getting involved, taking the lead on things. And it's being kind of left up to me. And I go, I'm in no position to... to um, take any kind of lead on this whole thing. I don't know what we're doing. My brain's not thinking of any, like, in a, 
any steps ahead. I'm just, and each moment is like a shocking new moment for me that I was 100% president. I couldn't go, I couldn't think um, a few steps ahead. And so I'm just, they're yelling, it's getting, the more I get yelled at and things like that, the more my brain just shuts down. And so, I, okay, okay. And so we finally get him onto the bed and then the doctor goes, all right, um, well, he goes, um, you have to pull his pants down. And so I'm like, okay, I gotta, this is getting more weird every minute. And so I'm like, undoing his pants, pulling his pants down. And I just pull him down a little bit. He's like, mm. he's like, you pull him all the way down to the ankles. And I'm going all the way down to the ankles. You know, again, I'm not, and then I, I kept asking because I saw a nurse in there. She's just, there's no one in this entire office, but the doctor, my PD boy, me, and there was a nurse and she was just sitting at her desk and there wasn't really any phone calls coming in, nothing going on. I'm going, don't you have somebody like here? What's, I think you need to get someone else in here for the, this stuff. And he's like, no, you just do it, just do it. He's like, he's completely selling me on like, this is probably, this is the worst of it. Just do it and it'll be done. It's no big deal, guy. And so I, I'm, I go, okay. So we get the pants down and then he goes, you need to pull down his underwear. And so now I'm just kind of going into shock. I don't know what's happening. I go, you need to man up, Cliff. You need to pull it together and do what's necessary to get this job done. This goes beyond um, your comfort level at this point. And however comfortable, uncomfortable I am, I have to immediately go, well, how uncomfortable is it for this guy to have me doing this? I was assuming very uncomfortable. So I was going, I don't want to make him feel any shame or embarrassed about it. And so I, um, I start pulling down the pants and then there was some kind of little hole in the taint area apparently. And I found that out because I kind of gathered from what they were saying. They were using some medical terms that I wasn't familiar with. And so I'm going, this sounds like we've got a, some kind of a leak coming through from the bowels to the taint area. And I'm going, all right. I'm, and then I started saying like, I'll just be, so I'll go wait until you guys are done. And he, and the doctor goes, no, no, I need, I need you to, I need your help. Can you grab the pair of gloves? And so I go to get gloves and he's got very little hands and I've got pretty big hands. And so I'm like, I'm putting on gloves. I don't like where this is going one bit. So I get the gloves 
and they're not fitting on, I can't get these gloves on my hands. So my hands are kind of pinched like this. And I can bear, and he's going, come on, let's go, let's go. Don't touch the rest of the jar. You just only touch the glove you need and you're contaminating. And so I'm getting yelled at by him, the doctor now. Everybody's been yelling at me through this whole experience. So I got these gloves kind of pinched and hanging, the fingers hanging loose off my fingers. And he goes, Give me one of the wooden sticks. And so he's got me full on as an assistant here. And I pull out this long wooden stick. It almost looks like a skewer. And so I get this, the wooden stick. And um, that's where things got dark. Um, I get the stick. I give it. I'm like barely able to get one of the sticks I get like three sticks on accident and he's like no what are you doing you take all these sticks just take one stick and so okay uh, I get the stick over to him and, and at this point he's he's um he's pulling in he needs me to pull the cheeks apart so he can get in there with this stick. And so I'm pulling his cheeks apart and giving him access to the guy's taint. And he takes this stick, this, this long stick, and starts shoving it into the hole. And he goes, he goes, can you feel that? Can you feel that? Can you feel that? And finally, he's got it in like maybe five inches in there. And I'm like, some smells, some interesting smells are coming out now, this hole. And um, I'm in shock. And the whole time, Petey Boy's yelling. Of course I don't feel it. I'm paraplegic. I don't feel anything from my hips down. And he's going, sticking it in deeper, moving it. He's like, do you feel that? Do you feel that? And he goes, no, no. I, I don't feel anything from my legs down. And so he pulls the stick out. It's got a frightening color on it. Again, there's a... A certain aroma in the air and I can't I I was in utter shock to tell you the truth about the whole thing and I finally at that point I said okay you know what you gotta get somebody else I can't I was just the ride here I was just the I was just driving the van. I didn't sign up for all of this. You've got to get that nurse or someone in the medical field to be involved in all of this. I can't do it. And so I uh, went and waited. And he goes, oh, uh, the doctor's all irritated with me. And I went out into the waiting room. I feel like I should have done that a long time ago, looking back at it. 
but um, I didn't. I I just let them guide me into this. And a lot of people don't understand why I don't. I just don't like going along with things because. This is one of many times in my life where I just let other people take the lead and then I'm in a, I, I find myself in a horrible situation where I, I just can't trust people to take the lead on things. The second I see something is going a little off, I, I, I stopped. That must. I think that was about the last time I ever let anything like that happen again. But that's after a lifetime of finding myself in those situations. But never again. Somebody's. Hey, I want to show you this over here by the car. I'm not doing it. Stop what's happening right now. You tell me everything about the situation first. And then we'll see if I still want to go or not. Um, I think it, there's an important lesson. Don't, you know, find, ask a good amount of questions. You think you can trust people. But um, I just don't, I've found you really can't. If somebody's not forthcoming with you, it's usually for a reason. They start with like, hey, how about a ride to the doctor? Then it's, would you have sex with a midget? Um, then it's, hey, we need you to help lift him onto the bed. Now I'm lifting. Then we need you to pull his pants down. Now we need you to pull his underwear down. Now we need you to put on gloves and grab sticks. And you're completely involved. I didn't, you know... You just find yourself getting sucked into situations. Um, so on our way home, I'm going, okay, this has been about a two and a half hour excursion now. I think it's, you know, we're almost home and there was a car wash and he goes, pull into the car wash. I need to get my car washed. And I'm going, all right, okay, we'll go to the car wash. And me and him didn't say a word to each other since the doctor's office. And I'm going, we're almost home, but as if things weren't strange enough, now we're going to sit an additional 45 minutes at a car wash with nothing to say. And it was all hot. There was no place to sit in the shade, nothing to do, nothing to eat or drink. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't wait till this is done so I can go get that beer. And we leave the gas station, uh, not the gas station, the car wash. And I get him to his house, get him out of the van, Everyone, he's still yelling at me. Everyone, no one's been happy with me for the past four hours of my life. Everyone, I'm doing everything wrong, apparently. And I drop him off, and he doesn't bring up anything about the money. And I was going, I was in so much shock, I 
just was like, you're not gonna, I was thinking it, you're not gonna give me any money for this, you're not gonna, and then I felt so bad also, like this poor guy just went through this whole experience himself, which is probably far worse for him than it is for me. Um, now I'm gonna ask him for the money, you know? Um, so I didn't say anything and he didn't offer to give me the money and I just left and I went home, I walked home. It was about a 30 minute walk. I didn't have a my own car and it's hot again in the summer. And there was just no beer for for me. No no anything. No lunch money. I was just starving and had a strong thirst for beer. And I just remember getting home and and for days I was in complete shock over what had just happened. And again it was a tough situation because I don't want to just feel bad for myself because there's another person involved and I feel very bad for them that they have to be in this situation. Um, so I just kind of was numb for days, days after. In fact, still sometimes when I think about it, it, um, it um, kind of puts me in an intense state of mind. So that's where I was today. I said I gotta. I said to myself, I gotta do this podcast. But the only thing I can think about is this. I I revisited this situation in my head again. I just try to look for new angles to find any kind of resolve. But it's not there. I guess I don't know what I don't know what the lesson is. Maybe it's make sure that people are being forthright with you and have them explain to them exactly what their intentions are before you just go along with things. But also, it's good to help people out and not ask any questions and just be of assistance to somebody who needs it. So... I don't know. I don't know what to say. That's something to think about. But let's end it on that. I hope everybody has everybody has a gorgeous um gorgeous life. I hope things are going good. Um, I hope that, you, that anybody who sees this has taken something from it. I mean, seems like there's something, some, you know, there's something to take from this. I don't know what it is yet, but uh, this is a step. This is a step in the direction of who knows what. Alright, bye guys. Girls, dusty cats, lizards with broken tails. Scraping uh, contractors.
These guys have been scraping. I don't know what they're doing, but it's been a month now, and they're just scraping cement with shovels. I don't know what the job is. I keep looking over the fence, and all I see is them just scrape, like they're just taking the shovels and metal tools and just... I don't know what they're doing anymore. But it's been going on for a month. Well, I, I mean, I've done construction my whole life, and I've never seen anything like it. It's just scraping and scritching and screeching from 7 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. Stopped. And that's how it's done, baby, here on the Clifford Degorski Show. Enjoy whatever time period you're about to experience next.